It's not just a podcast, Aww. folks. It's a therapy session. <laughs> I do actually feel better. Hello, and welcome to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, parenthood, and marriage. I'm Barry Liga, and with me today is not Morgan Baden. Morgan's not here. Morgan is off on vacation getting her groove back, somewhere flirting with Cabana Boys, I'm sure. And uh, so I am here, but I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. We have a special guest. Today, my special guest is best-selling author, award-winning author, all-around amazing human being, Libba Bray, the one and only Libba Bray. Libba, welcome to the show. Thank you, Barry. I love also that right now um, on the wall, Bruce Springsteen is looking at us. So I like to think that he's also our special guest. <laughs> I wish. I just want to say I wish he would only, be my special guest. I will only appear if Bruce Springsteen is in the room. And you've taken care of that requirement. That I am told that that is part of the spell to conjure Libba Bray is Bruce Springsteen. Um, she's the one. She's the one. <laughs> So, you know, when when Morgan and I first started this podcast, uh, God, the beginning of the year, crazy. Yo, it's, been, it's, been, it's been 40 weeks. It's crazy. This is our 40th episode. <laughs> you could have had a baby. Another baby. We could have had another baby. Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't say that. But oh, no, I, she's off when we... <laughs> Well, then she's having another baby. But, you know, when we first started it, we talked about, oh, at some point we'll have guests. That would be really cool. And you were the first person I thought of because this show is about writing and publishing, with which you have a measure of familiarity, and also marriage and parenthood. And it's the intersection of those four things that we talk about a lot. And you are in such an amazing position to talk about this stuff because you're not only an amazing, amazing author – you are, are a wife and a mother, and your husband is an agent, Barry Goldblatt, the, the evil Earth 3 Barry, as we call him, <laughs> the evil Mirror Universe Barry for the Star Trek fans out there. And uh, he is an agent, a very, a very successful and noted agent. And he's not just an agent, he's your agent. Which, I guess that's one way of keeping that 15% fee in the family, that's what but... That's I say, man. Wow. Miss Bray didn't raise any dumb daughters. <laughs> What is that like? I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine being married to my agent. Well, I haven't been married to any other agents for comparison's sake, so <laughs> I'm just going to have to go with the one I have. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I guess I, the thing about it is that it feels like it's publishing surround sound all the time. So uh -huh. I always say that I kind of have to turn the conversation to a frequency only dogs can hear. <laughs> Because it's like, no, I, I really I can't hear about all this stuff. I just have to I just have to work. But you know, yeah, there's a lot of pillow talk about about publishing, about the industry. Um, admittedly, I have a, a much um, narrow narrower window of interest on that than than Barry does because that's his business. Right. But like but you know, I mean, you and Morgan are both in the industry. Sure. And Morgan works at Scholastic, so like you know, no, I, and and it's the same thing where where I, I love publishing surround sound. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, that, that's what it feels like. But you know, we don't have a business relationship. <laughs> you know, it's like like there are times I need to call my agent and yell at her, or there are times she needs oh, you to call. Do that if you're she calls and yells at me. But what's that like? I mean, I'm trying to imagine. Like, I, obviously, you can yell at your husband whenever you want. Like, it's a free country. And then you can punctuate it with. And another thing, take out the trash. take out the trash. Right, right. Um, I, you know, it's funny because in many ways, 
we rarely have arguments about the business side of things. Like, That's amazing. We, we are so in sync about business stuff. I mean, I, <laughs> I think it probably helps that, that, you know, as you know from knowing me, that occasionally I'll, like, poke my head up and be like, wait, it's November? Right. What happened to March? You yeah. Know? So, so I'm not exactly uh, the sort of person who would be sitting there, you know, t- looking through every single fine line item and um, wanting an explanation. It doesn't mean I'm not a a businesswoman, but um, there's a great level of trust there. And we seem to be really in sync in terms of the business stuff. It's actually the other stuff that tends to be more of like, well, wait a minute. I thought I had that night on the calendar or like, wait, we've got to talk about this thing with, you know, our son or or what have you, or, oh, you know, or, or, you know, we have to plan your parents' 50th wedding anniversary, that kind of stuff. The stuff everybody has to worry about. So the business stuff goes very smoothly and doesn't interfere or intersect. Not so much. No, no. I I like, I, I mean... I have great trust in Barry as an yeah. agent. Um, I have very little interest. Like I said, very narrow window of I, I'm pretty much. I, I say this at the risk of sounding twee, but it, it's not. It's just sound twee. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the twee filter on you. <laughs> you know, actually, I just um, when I go into my Etsy office <laughs> and the and the little crocheted chipmunks. Sit well, there we just say, lost the Etsy sponsorship. Thanks. <laughs> Um, it's, so I guess that, 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 that is, is part of it is there's a, there is a huge, I mean, we've been together 24 years. So there's, there's a huge base level of trust there. And if Barry and Barry also, I think being Barry is, as you know, as I call him, the howitzer of love, he's so sweet. There goes the explicit rating. Come over. We'll do a podcast, he said. It'll be fun, he said. It won't be embarrassing at all. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. You're crowding me. Um, <clears throat> he is a very straight-ahead gentleman, as you yeah. know. So it's... And, and I tend to like that, so it's... Sure. It's, I don't know. I, I, I'm really trying to think of like, I've just, and, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm not trying to like make you invent some sort of, you know, storm, <laughs> and, storm and drag. Yeah. I, I just, I have always like, I've known you guys, you know, 10 years now and I just have always sort of every now and then I'll just shake my head and go, how the hell do they do that? <laughs> you know, I just, I can't, I can't imagine, but maybe, maybe that says more about me than you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because I think in many ways, having watched you and Morgan, yeah. I think if, if we're talking about temperament, yeah. I think that Barry and I have very, uh, that our, our marriages are similar in that there is a, shall, we, shall I say, there, there is a, a sort of more direct and, um, I won't say forceful, but I will say like a, a strong personality. And then not to say that I don't have a strong personality, but then there is, there is the person who's sort of like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, right. there's, I, I like to look at it as more, um, stress junkie and laid back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny you bring this up because Barry actually said something similar to me the other night. 
he we were talking and I was so I was you were in sync. I know. I was chiding him for not liking anything. He was compl- <laughs> he was complaining about a movie or a TV show or something or other. And I said He has standards to I said, him. Is there anything you like? And he immediately fired back, You're the same way. And that completely <laughs> caught me off guard. And while I was rocked back on my heels, he said, there's a reason we married the women we married. And, and it's true. I, I, I yeah, I, I would, I would definitely say that, that, you know, the, 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 uh, the connections or the interlinking between Morgan and me is very similar to, to what I see in you guys. And it's, oh, yeah, totally. it's, it's very funny, uh, to, to see that. I know. I'm sorry that I can't disappoint you and tell you. you, I, know, you know, I mean, I was wait, I was waiting for the horror stories of like, you know, you're, you know, having a Calgon moment and he bursts into the bathroom with a contract yelling at you, <laughs> you know, and he's like, you know, flicking a lighter saying, "I'll burn this contract, I'll burn it right now." <laughs> and I would be like, "Go ahead." <laughs> See that? Oh well. All right. Um, sorry, listeners. No the, drama. The one funny story I have to tell about a time with Barry was when I was working on the sweet far thing, or as we call it, the sweet farting. <laughs> and it was the 11th hour. I know you're shocked to hear that. I Wait, was, what? I was, you were, you were, I was you were up against crunch time with a book? <laughs> no. Shocking. Shocking. Your idea. middle name is punctual. <laughs> hey, I was here. For, I was here on time. You were here podcast. on time. This is true. It's just deadlines. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was having a hard time reworking the plot and Barry is great editorially. But, as I have mentioned, he is not one to sugarcoat things. Right. And so I, w- I said, you know, he came downstairs. He made the mistake of coming downstairs. And I was wild-eyed, you know. And I said, I said, you, you have to let me talk this out. You have to let me talk this out because I can't. I can't. I can't. And he said, <sighs> the famous Goldblatt sigh. He said, let me get a Dr. Pepper first. <laughs> so he goes in. He gets a Dr. Pepper. He goes out. He sits on the couch. And he says, what? <laughs> and I said, Okay. And I start telling him this plot. And I had only gotten about, I don't know, three minutes in. And he, How far down in the Dr. Pepper was he? Oh, three sips. Okay. Please. And he said, he said that's never going to work. Wow. And I said, what do you mean that's never going to work? That's the fulcrum upon which this plot rests. And I made this hand motion of like, you know, like one hand. Listener, she's making the hand motion right now. It, it is a fulcrum. Yeah. Just thing. trust us. It's a fulcrum. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> illustrated and um and so he said um <laughs> he said well then you're really in trouble because that is just stupid <laughs> oh wow and then i made another hand gesture and um it was it was not the the other one and then i said let's not talk about this anymore and he walked away and you know and then he of course is like now you're mad at me and i was like yes i am i am mad go away you are banished wow. i even i went full shakespeare um and so yeah and then of course like five minutes later i was like oh he's so right i hate it when he's right yeah. but you know he saved me from wandering in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and and i ended up being able to come up with something else but so that's it that's yeah. the only drama i've got for you i'm so yeah. sorry but even there that could have happened with a husband who wasn't an agent exactly. he still could have told you it was he stupid could have said that's dumb yeah all right so in addition to being married to an agent you are as i am a parent Yes. We both have children. You are the parent of a very adorable child. Yes, a, a, a small a small ch- a small child mm, uh, who's so who's yummy. quite adorable. She is very yummy. She needs to go on a grill. Um, <laughs> my brother keeps threatening to to throw her on the grill. Uh, but you're you're a little further along in the parenting journey than I am. You have a a son who's going off to college. Yes. 
next year. And and he is interested in in how should we put this the 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 creative arts, the creative lifestyle. Uh, I don't know where I went the, wrong, Barry. I, and, and this is what I want to talk about because Morgan and I talk about this. We've talked about it on the show before. And she does not share my angst about my child someday saying, I want to be a writer. She is like, so what? Like me to talk she's to like, her? she's like, if, if she says that, it's our job to help her, you know, do that. And I'm like, well, I understand that, but this is a difficult life, and it, you know, there's a lot of rejection, and and it, it it can be heartbreaking. And then Morgan, you know, being infuriatingly reasonable, will say, well, you did it, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, I know. And then I need a Dr Pepper. But <laughs> so, so how how do you deal with the fact that your offspring? This child that you have protected all these years is like, I'm now going to throw my life away by being an artist. I can only think that I, that I did something wrong. I don't, when I look back, I think, I think about when he was four and we brought home that picture book and he opened it up and said, hmm, nice end papers. And I should have, <laughs> I should have known then that we were, we were in trouble. Um, yeah, and poor Barry. <laughs> Speaking of my husband, because I think it's a, it's a little bit like you know you and Morgan. He's like, he was so reasonable. This child, he was so practical. He had all these ideas, and now he just wants to be a writer. Yeah. Uh, and you know, yes, I do sometimes look at him and say, "Have you learned nothing, my son?" I mean, he he has to have seen the trail of hair that you left as you were yanking it out, He's stumbling around the, the house. He's mopped up the you know, blood. I mean, we've shielded yeah. him from nothing. It was like a Cohen brother. So there's movie. really nothing you can do. There's nothing we can do. He's, you know, like yeah. all you can do is stand back and watch the carnage. Morgan is going to listen to this podcast and be infuriated with me that that I'm talking about this. <laughs> that I'm that I'm saying, you know, that I'm, I'm because I'm being hyperbolic to a degree, obviously. If if Leia grows up to want to be a writer, that's fine. There will be a part of me that is scared for her, though. She could I mean, still it's a grow scary be, thing. She could still grow up to be a contract killer. There's time. You know, I mean, every dad, that's what he wants for his little girl, is for her to grow up to be a contract killer. Well, Christmas is coming up. And I... <laughs> it's, it's steady work, for one thing. There's always people need killing, and always people willing to pay for it. Oh, so what is, what, I mean, uh, if, uh, what would you rather Leia grow up to be? You know, it's not even a question of me wanting her to be one thing or another. It's just, it's purely, it is purely that protective paternal instinct. You know, like I know how difficult it was for me to get to where I am. I know, you know, what I had to fight through and, and claw my way through and, you know, and, didn't have a lot of support early on from people around me. And it's just tough, like getting like constant rejection letters. I mean, I, you know, I have a whole thing on my website where I've scanned in my rejection letters starting from when I was like 13 years old and I post them <laughs> on my website. Be, and, <laughs> because you just, that's your form of self harm. No, because, well, honestly, it started out as sort of a joke. It started out as, you know, look, at, I could just come over here and berate you. Like, for free. <laughs> look at these great rejections I got. Cause some of them are pretty funny. Uh, and, and, and then it, became a thing where i realized oh like there are some young writers out there who are like oh wow like you know people who are actual writers they got rejection letters just like i do so i was like oh it's sort of like a community service in a way so they're up there on the website and 
but there's a lot of them, man. Like, you know, like, like I said, like starting at 13 until I was like, you know, you know, 972, <laughs> like I got nothing but rejection letters and, and even the ones that Put came on together, it's an anthology. I, it really is anthology of pain, but, <laughs> but I, it, that. I know you would, <laughs> but you know, so I, there's the, just that part of me that wants to protect her from that. And in a way, it's ridiculous because anything that she wants to do, there's going to be trials to overcome and there's going to be pain and there's going to be difficulty. But I guess it's just I'm so intimately familiar with this specific kind of pain that I don't want her to experience it, you know? So Are you saying that her pain is derivative? Oh, my God. You're already <laughs> critiquing her. Jeez. Oh, no. No, I just – it's just, you know, just – some sometimes, and I think you know, you and I have talked about this before. When when the writing wasn't going so well, <laughs> you and I have talked about how sometimes any other occupation looks better than this. Oh, you know, um, anything. Uh, you know, there are times we were writing in Starbucks, and it's like, let's just go fill out an application right now and be baristas because that would be so much better than what we are doing. I'd rather make the coffee for the people who do what we do than do what we do. So that that's all it is. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. It's been very interesting because, in fact, Josh just wrote his college essay about the fact that he'd resisted being a writer always because, because. he'd grown up around it. It didn't seem very special. You know, there were writers in his house all the time talking right. about, you know, how fast does a body decompose? You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, everybody's parents talk about that. <laughs> and um, and I think also because he didn't want to go into the family business. He yeah. just really resisted it. And then he ended up taking this creative writing class and suddenly realized that, um, you know, really in a way he'd been writing for a while. He just had a hard time admitting that that was what he wanted to do. Right. And then, so it, in a way it's been kind of on the, on the other end, it's, I mean, to me, it's been wonderful to watch him develop a passion to find what it is that makes him come alive yeah. and to hear him talk about it. So, and, and when he talks about it and I think, um, <laughs> there's that feeling in <laughs> yeah. the of something like, Oh buddy. Yeah. I yeah. know. I but know. I remember, <laughs> I remember you told me maybe six months ago, eight months ago, you were telling me about a piece that he had to write for school and, yeah. and he, he asked you to look at it and you looked at it and you said to me, you said, Barry, it was so good. Yeah. And, and, and like your whole face just lit up and like, like, and that's so cool. Like to think that cool. your kid is doing what you do and doing it well, Yes, you know? I mean, and, 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 you know, I think has, honestly, I think he has a much better innate sense of storytelling. So, well, I mean, uh, think of how he grew up. I mean, yes, seriously. Let me just take all credit. Well, no, it's, I, I mean, you're not taking all the credit, but, you know, environment has something to do with it. I mean, when you grow up in an environment where people are always talking about story and what works, you sort of absorb it. That's you true. Know? I mean, I, I, but it's, it's really interesting to me, too, to see how, um, I don't know if I told you about having him edit something of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was writing a short story for an anthology and it was an anthology a, of pain, an anthology of pain. Nice. And it's all about this guy who just keeps getting rejected and can't take the hint and stop writing. But you know, too whatever. soon, too soon. <laughs> um, aren't you so glad you invited me over? I am. I love you. <laughs> Bruce loves you too. If You're only, the one. If only he did. <laughs> So is that one of the rejection letters? <laughs> is it a restraining order? Well, I think I'm not allowed to talk about it till the records are unsealed. <laughs> anyway, story. 
So I wrote the short story and it was comedy horror, which is, you know, like my favorite thing. And, but it's also Josh's sweet spot. So I, I said, Hey, all right. You know what? you you know, you want to go into writing? Great. I want you to take a look at this and give me your edits. Yeah. Tell me what's wrong with this. And so, you know, he came back and, oh my God, of course, first of all, because he's a teenager, he texted all of his edits, which is hilarious. Okay. Writers out there, if you think track changes is annoying, (laughs) imagine if your editors texted you their edits. And it was amazing and so hardcore. Wow. Like he did not spare me anything, but he's like a prodigy. He is such a prodigy. Mommy is so proud. <laughs> mommy hurts, but mommy's so proud. Uh, but you know, one like he, I remember at one point he said something about um, you can't reach for the joke here. This is really glib. And he said you need to let serious moments be serious and not try to you know just shoehorn in a joke because you think it'll be funny there. You know, and he's wow. like you've got to like really let that scene. Let let that emotional moment resonate. And I was like, wow. I don't know what so, shocks me more, that he could say that to you or that you didn't already know that. I'm very <laughs> disappointed in you, Libba. As long as you're disappointed in me, then I feel like God's in his heaven and all's right with the world. <sighs> that's, that's the very am- I know. <laughs> you really are like my husband. I'm just like Aww. your husband. I always love it when, when you call and it's, this is Barry. My friend or the one I'm married to? <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I usually, when I leave a message, I try to say, this is Barry, the other one. <laughs> so that, so bad, that's has really Morgan, cool though. Like ever, Yo, no, like Morgan guys... reads everything. Morgan reads everything that I write. Um, and, uh, which is great because she's a really good first reader for me. I mean, she really lets me know sort of what's working, especially on an emotional level, which sometimes, you know, being a, a cold robotic human being i sometimes have trouble it's with true. Like, i had to push a button just so you would say hello and give yeah, me a I know. hug i know sorry about that the software just glitches sometimes <sighs> but Ever since steve job died <laughs> oh too soon so anyway <laughs> no she you know she she's really good in particular i mean she's good on on a bunch of levels but in particular with you know you know did you feel scared at this moment did, did this moment work for you, you know, humor-wise? Were you worried at this moment? Did, you know, did you think everything was going to go to hell at this point? And, and it's great. It's just terrific. Uh, you know, I, I tend, in fact, I don't do this with anybody else, but I tend to give her stuff as I'm writing it. Which Whoa. usually, yeah. usually I don't let anybody see something until it's finished. Because then I at least sort of have a holistic view on the whole thing. And I can sort of go, oh, you know, now I need to go back and tweak that little bit before I let anybody see this. But I will, you know, I'll give her the first hundred pages of something while I'm still working on it. Uh, And, you know, sometimes that usually is really good for me because she'll say something that'll make me go, oh, I can tie that up later or I hadn't even thought of that. I'll I'll fix that later or something like that. Um, And, you know, for her, I think it's not so great because she'll get to page 100 and go, where's the rest of it? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm still working on it. And then she has, (laughs) you know, there was a a book that's coming out next year um, where I gave her like the first hundred pages and it ends with one character in a really brutal, gory fist fight. And this is a middle grade book. And, uh, and it ends with, you know, this one character blacking out and, and Morgan gets to the, to the end of the pages and goes, well, what happens next? I'm like, well, I'm still working on it. She goes, well, but is that guy dead? And I'm like, well, you got to wait. She's like, she's like, 
are you mean to tell me that that guy died in a middle grade book that way? And I'm like, like you got to wait. So I think that was a little nerve wracking for Is her waiting. Like breaking bad the middle school years. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Man, why hasn't somebody done that yet? I, now someone's going to take it. Now somebody's going to do it. Damn it. I'll edit that part out and then By nobody the way, will take it. Earlier when I, I said Steve Jobs instead of Steve Jobs. I yeah. Realized. You notice how I let that go? Because yeah. we're well, friends. I, we're buddies. You know, because that was a glitch. I think that was autocorrect. <laughs> Damn you all the crap. <laughs> so no, you- I mean so yeah, she looks at she she looks at everything I do. Leia does not. Uh <laughs> yet. Yet, yet, because uh because I'm not doing picture books at this point and uh and she can't read. Those are the two main reasons. Um and but otherwise I'd be happy to let her drool on the pages and you know let, let the saliva fall where it may I can't and see read, what happens. Josh lets me look at his stuff. You just look at Barry, it. Though. Barry you can't lets actually me. read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, so, but Barry looks at your stuff too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, and I same kind of thing. Like I, I, he's he's got, and I think that's part of it too. Is like when you know someone so well. That they they can kind of, you know it's it's the Vulcan mind meld yeah so they can they can really look at your stuff and be like I know what you were trying to I go know for what you're here, going for but it's, it's not, not working it's not on the page yet. yeah yeah um so yeah I, I absolutely he reads everything too yeah and I read Morgan's stuff I mean Morgan you know it's our our regular it. listeners know that Morgan has a book out right now with Yay. agents and uh, yeah I mean I read that and it, it's I mean it's great when you've got like this in house you know, person with these skills and this talent and these abilities and they pretty much have to do it because they're married to you. And like, they stood up and they promised that they would, you know, do stuff like this. And it's like, Oh, you have to, God says so. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So let's... Also divorce is expensive. Oh, there you go. There you go. Let's just get right down to it. Let's talk about actual writing. Let's talk about some actual writing stuff. Why you want to hurt me? I know, I know. So I have seen the level of research you do for your books. It is an insane level of research. And I've done slightly less insane levels of research for for my books as well. And there's a phenomenon that I've stumbled upon, and I'm wondering if you've experienced this or if you ever think about this at all. And that is, you know, there are certain things that, that our readers think they know because they've seen these things in pop culture. And, for example, in my case with the I Hunt Killer series, everybody thinks they know how the police do things. Everybody thinks they know about forensics because they've watched CSI. And most importantly, everybody thinks they know how DNA testing works and that you can get results back from the lab in 20 minutes. Uh, I did a lot of research on this. What everybody knows is actually not true. It's just made up for TV because it looks better. I know how it actually works, and that's how I write my books. But I know that there are going to be readers out there who read that and go, Lag is an idiot. It doesn't work like that because I watched CSI last night, and I know I it does this instead. I stopped putting that on Goodreads. I stopped oh, yeah, putting those comments yeah. on Goodreads. I just want you to know. But I, I, had, I did have in, in one of my books – I found myself constantly having a cop character saying to people, saying, you know, it's not like on TV, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And my editor, who is actually our editor, we have the same editor. Hi, Alvina. Hi. She's a listener. Uh, Alvina. So she said to me at one point, she was Barry, this is like the eighth time in this book that somebody has said it's not like on TV. <laughs> Do you think you've made your point? And I was like, oh, okay. So I took out a bunch of those instances. But does that ever happen with you? Like, are you ever worried that 
that you know you know more about Harlem in the Jazz Age than any human being on the planet. But people who've seen you know the Eddie Murphy movie Harlem Nights are going to think they know more than you and are going to ding you for it. And that's actually where all my research came from. Really, just Harlem Nights? Um, <laughs> well, uh, wow. Uh, that's an interesting I guess you've never really thought about it. Well, you know, it's just that everyone takes what comes out of my mouth as gospel. I guess it's maybe because I'm a (laughs) a minister's daughter. Yeah, Yeah, it must be. Even when I put into my book that, um, you know, that you were a shapeshifter. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why people look kind of funny at you. I know, I know. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I, I mean, I definitely think that... That the the problem is that sometimes like I I will be obsessive about some piece of uh, no reason. I know you're shocked Barry you're you don't understand Barry I can't write this chapter until I know the dimensions of paving stones <laughs> on West Thirty Fourth Street in 1926 until I have that piece of information the story cannot move forward don't judge me that's like a direct quote <laughs> like I'm not even making that up. <laughs> Okay, there was the windshield wipers thing. All right, we moved past that. Um, but I mean, you do a lot of. But do. do you worry that 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 some smartass is going to come at you and be like, "I know more than you do," and and they actually don't, or does it even occur? Does it even pop into your head because you just do so much research obsessively anyway? I, you know, I, I guess I. I mean, I always hope that I have done enough research, and and that doesn't mean that I that I don't miss things yeah so um and occasionally somebody will come up to me and be like oh actually here's a little thing you might want to know and then usually what i say is great it's it's like i become the taylor swift of research i just start taylor swift reference it's like you are morgan (laughs) you know i'm like great you're on my team right you know like oh you know about this wonderful i would like to See, people are help. Will, people are helpful it. with you. They they offer you advice. With me, I they offer just, them food. They just tell me I did it wrong. <laughs> All right. I, I I'm I'm really thinking about that. I don't. I mean, I think what what I worry about is that I will. When you were talking about like it's not like on TV, I'm afraid that I will just you know bore the snot out of people because I will I will put it in there and I'll be you know it'll be like I always think about this great scene from the Ruddles where um, Eric Idle goes up and he interviews Gilda Radner just google the Ruddles those of you who are too young to know we'll this. put a link in the show notes and so he comes up to her and he's like he's like you know about the Ruddles and she's like no no I don't he's like yes you do you know about the Ruddles no I don't yeah stop it you know about the Ruddles and he just you know and she's like the Ruddles were a mop top you know group from from Liverpool blah 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 and she goes off on this very long tangent and I'm always afraid I'm going to do that thing where I will just put in more than anybody ever wants to know there'll be people hanging themselves halfway through the book because they just really they're bored to tears and don't realize they can skip ahead yeah exactly yeah. just be like oh my god i might I as really well kill don't myself need to know with yeah. this, that this dress was you know made out of exactly 142 bugle beads you know so yeah. that was- so i mean that is another issue is is worrying about doing so much research and then you want to cram it all in right because yeah. you want to show people that you know your stuff, I right? Did my research, yeah. Right? No, that I've had that problem too. I mean, I I had a whole thing in in one of the books where I described the stages of decomposition for a body, and Alvina once again said, "Do we need to know this?" Like what? Alvina, of 
course we need to know what this. what matters is they're digging up the body it doesn't matter the seven stages of decomp and i was like oh she's right so I took it out. Will you come over at Thanksgiving and tell that around the table? <laughs> sure. That'd be awesome. I'll describe how the turkey would have decomposed if you hadn't brined <laughs> it and cooked it. If Barry hadn't if brined Barry it. Barry hadn't brined it and let's, cooked let's, it. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Hey, did you watch Supergirl? <laughs> why why yes, I did. <laughs> what, do you, what did you think? I like it. I like it quite a bit. Um, it, Me too. It does. Oh, see, that's French. <laughs> wow. Well, the podcast just got classed up. <laughs> no, I, I like it a lot. It, it suffers from a problem that, that the producers, other shows suffer from, which is he seems really interested in taking people with superpowers and making them people who don't understand how to use their powers and then showing us endless scenes of them figuring out how to use them. That does not interest me that much. Usually about halfway through the season, everything clicks into place and they know how to use their powers by now and everything is fine. But I would much rather you just start off with somebody who knows how to use their powers and get into the good stuff right away. So that's my that's my minor quibble Typical with Supergirl. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just because I'm so experienced and Some... know how to use my powers. <laughs> Some of us just want to take a little while. <laughs> so, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm actually struggling with that right now uh, because I, you know, I'm, so I'm working on um, Diviners Three, and uh, which sadly we cannot subtitle Electric Boogaloo because, I know, it, doesn't because it doesn't rhyme. It's like I know. Diviners Three. I don't know, what the hell I got you, a pee. This time it's personal? Or wasn't that Jaws <laughs> 3, this time it's personal? Or no, could it be Diviners 3D? Oh, man, and then I then then everything will be blurry to me. Yeah. I won't be able to see you, it. You could you could pioneer the first 3D novel. Yeah, the one-eyed girl is always the that's perfect the, person. That's to the perfect person. the 3D model. That's what that's the hook. <laughs> that's the hook. Every news story will start with Libba Bray can't read the novel she wrote. <laughs> How awesome is that? Alvina, get on that. All right. So you're working on Diviners 3D right now. Right. And um, they, uh, so the Diviners, you know, have to work on their powers, which is the power to be able to see 3D. The, and, you know, suddenly I'm confronted with that where I'm like, okay, they're undried, you know, they're, they're kind of. They've kind of been like, you know, doing stuff, but they've been figuring it out a little bit as they go. And I, I thought, well, it seems to me that, of course, at this point, they would be trying to actively, as a group, you know, Avengers Assemble, trying to, to work on that stuff. And yet, again, I think, you know, yeah, I don't want to see 12 scenes of, of somebody flinging a web, you right. know? Uh, and so, like, and, and also because... Uh, you know, there's then like ghost hunting and their powers and those things come together in an interesting way. It's not, it's not a one-to-one correlation. It's not like, oh, I happen to have, I happen to know, I have a sense that tells me when ghosts are near and we are hunting ghosts. It's like, well, I can read objects right? and we are hunting ghosts. And it's sort of like, I am making a dinner. Here is some salmon. Also, here are some peanut butter ice cream. <laughs> no, I swear this is going to work. This will work. This, trust me. Trust me. This is like a Japanese cooking show. This is going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and I'm struggling with that, like trying to figure out how to make that 
how to make that fresh, how to make that interesting and yeah. how, to, you know, how to make that work. Yeah. Well, it's tough. It's like the age old question of like, what parts of the story do you have to tell and right. what parts can you sort of skip over? What's important? What has to be shown? What doesn't have to be shown? I just want to make sure like all of our listeners, because a lot of people who are, are trying to break in as writers, listen to this show. Libba Bray is having trouble with this. Like, <laughs> like just because you have successfully written and published to critical and commercial acclaim, several novels does not mean you don't still have trouble with this stuff. Oh I mean, God. it's, you know, every book you have trouble with this stuff. It's, it's difficult. There, there, I was at the um, Boston Book Festival two week two weekends ago, and um, this kid came up and asked me a question, and, and it was great. And he said, you know, you have a large cast of characters. How do you how do you work that? And I said, not well. A lot of times, <laughs> I said, you know, man, it is it is a lot of wrangling. It's um, you know, it's like putting cats in pajamas. So it is, which I don't recommend, but um, unless you're really trying to avoid writing, but <laughs> and then anything goes <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, I'm injured. I tried to put cats in pajamas, but it's it's you know, yeah, it's like. Sitting there going, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I just have to. But I, yeah. I know I have to at some point. Um, and I, I loved what Neil Gaiman said, actually, that time um, when he said that uh, you don't learn how to write books. You learn how to write that book. Yeah. By the time you're done. Was that Neil Gaiman who said that? I think it was Neil Gaiman. Huh. Let's okay. Just, I don't let's know. Let's just give it to Neil. Well, he's got so many other things he said. Why do we have to give it to him? Let's give it to somebody else. Give to somebody who doesn't have so many things that they've said. You know, it's like that time, Barry, when you said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was me. It was like that time when I said. No, but Merry Christmas. Thank you. Get that one. It really is true, though. Like all you learn how to do when writing a book is how to write the book you just finished writing, and then it's useless to you after that. Like you move on to the next one. You don't even remember anything after that. It's like it's like you know, it's like the Men in Black scene where they just wipe your memory. (laughs) Wipe your memory. You move on to the next book, and it's you know, it 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 just snowed overnight, and it's just. You You're can't see your footprints house, anymore. Eating peanut butter cups and trailing the yeah the, the yeah. wrappers behind you. Man, now I want peanut butter cups. Oh God, me too. But yeah, so I I I don't know. Um, yeah, it's tough. Like, how much? What, what what is the balance with characters learning things? You know, I I don't know. I mean, Do you, you you can't just start the book twelve months later. They all know how to use their powers and then move on from there. It would make your life a lot easier. Alvina, I'm just going to put in 12 months later, they all knew how to work their powers. They, see? Thank you, Barry. That's so easy. Aww, so 12 you're such months a giver. Later. It's like 10 words. Do you... <laughs> 12 words. <laughs> see, this is, this, is why, this is why I prefer stories that start with the characters already knowing how to use their powers. Because then you don't have to worry about it this. It could still happen. It could, it could still, still happen. happen. There you I go. could just be like, oh, forget this. Yeah. So there is one thing I want to know, though. And yeah. I, I mean, you and I have written together many times. Like, I mean, you know, we'll be sitting next to each other. I mean, we call it writing. Yeah. It's Moaning, really more a mutual complaint session. Yeah. Drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, do you... Do you outline at all? Uh, I do a weird thing when I'm thinking about a book before I actually start writing it. Just weird things will just occur to me like snippets of dialogue, images, character names, whatever. And it's in no particular order or anything like that. And I just open a document and just put them in there as I think of them. And again, in no particular order. Half the time I don't even know what it is. I, have, you know, I just know somehow this sentence is part of the book. 
Could be at the beginning, could be at the end, could be in the middle. I have no idea. Maybe I'll cut it in half and use half of it in one place and half of it in another. I don't know. I just know it's part of the book. And that that's the closest I come to outlining. Um, that makes me feel better because that's actually what I do too. Okay. And, there you and go. I always feel, um, you know, I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. Like whatever my method is, which is no method. It's just yeah. crazy pants. Yeah. I always feel like, um, you know, it's so chaotic that I always feel like oh, there must be a better way. But I don't think there is. I think there's just whatever your way I is think, your way. I really, I think it's a grass is greener situation. I think every other author's method looks better because you can't see into the fountains and geysers of blood gushing in their head <laughs> as they're writing, you know? And even these people who you know, have it outlined out to the last, you know, to the last period, it probably tortured them to put that outline together. The actual writing may look easier because they have this nice outline, but doing the outline was probably as painful to them as the producing of the book is to us. And it's just they're feeling the pain at a different point. Um, the one thing I do also, like usually when I'm partway into a book things will start to fall into place for me. So then I'll start to organize them like, oh, okay, now that I've gotten to page 100, I know roughly that these five things I wrote down 10 months ago will go in this order. I still don't know where they are, but I know they'll go in this order. So I'll just put them in that order. And then as I come to them, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it. But no, like I write the books out of order. Like I start on page one and then I'm like, oh, I just figured out how the book ends. So I'll just go write it. Like, why not? Nobody cares. Nobody's going to notice. It's not like people are going to read the book and go, oh, here's where he skipped from page 20 to page 300. Like, they can't tell. In 3D, maybe they can. (laughs) Maybe with Diviner's 3D, they'll be able to tell, but not with one of my books. I broke Scrivener. I cried uncle. You broke Scrivener? I think I broke Scrivener. Like, I just you... kept adding files and adding Okay, files for people who files. don't know, for people who don't know, we'll put a link in the show notes. Scrivener is a really amazing um, app for writing, and it, it's used by novelists in particular. It, it's got a lot of – it has a million features, and basically the way it is is that every writer has, like, four of those features that they can't live without. And Scrivener is the only place that has those four. So the other, you know – 999,996 features go unused, (laughs) but they're there for the other writers who need them as part of their four. But you you broke it. I thought I think, this thing I was bulletproof. I, bro- I think I broke it. What did th- you do? What I happened? I heard it crying. It, it was, was just, crying. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was rocking. I think too. that was you no. crying. No, it wasn't. No, crying. it wasn't. Okay, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You're mean. What? What do you like? What happened? Seriously? No, I'm, I know. I, I, that's just what I say because I think it cried, Uncle. Because uh. I. You know, Scrivener is also, uh, it's highly organizational. And so it's, I mean, I just kept adding files and files and files and files until it just basically, it essentially I defeated the purpose of Scrivener, which is to be able to give you this kind of like nice organized right. like uh, an overview. system. Yeah. yeah. And instead there was no system. It was just chaos. It's just so many files way. and they're not organized at all. And All work and no play makes you, Jack a dull boy. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Uh, you, I want to live with you forever ever. and ever. So you like can't find ever. anything at all? No, I can't find anything. Oh my it's, God. it's like, it's just like junk drawers, basically. Oh, it's like, man. wow, look, I don't know what I did with that one scene I wrote, but here are my pliers. Oh man. Yeah. I know. That takes some talent. Well, you say talent. (laughs) 
demonic powers from the pits of hell, talent, mm-hmm. whatever, same thing. Wow, I, I, you know, Scrivener seems pretty bulletproof to me. So I'm, I'm, I doff my hat to you. I kept trying to do outlines, and I see. And don't you? Can't, I, I, can't, I can't. If you're not an outliner, way. don't do it. I like know, you're working at cross purposes. I was. Just, I wanted to be like the cool kids. No, they're not cool. I. They're geeks. They're doing outlines. I got to outline number thirteen, which I entitled. Um, Help me, baby Jesus. And then I got to the last one was outline number 14, and that was Jesus can't help you. Jesus can't help you. No, no, no. no. Don't don't outline. Don't outline. It's not going to help you. It's relief because I think of you as having a very, you know, you you do have a a great organizational sense. Well, but see, like, I think the times when we've written together and we, we sort of you know, we'll be talking about issues we're working through in our writing, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm, I'm stuck on this. What do you think about blah, blah, blah. And the times we've talked about that, particularly with the diviners, uh, you know, I was always impressed that you, you had at least the broad strokes of the whole thing in your head, you know, like you would say to me, Oh, I'm writing a scene about X and I'm having a problem with it because it's not doing this. And I would say, Oh, well, why don't you either move it or do this instead? Or instead of doing X, do Y, because that would fix that scene. And you would say, I can't do that because in book four, halfway through, this is going to happen. And I have to set it up here in this way. And so that's all in my head. It's all in your head. And, 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 but no, that's not the problem. That's not the problem. Like, that's how I do it. It's all in my head. I mean, you know, when I wrote Killers, you know, I knew exactly how it was going to end yeah, five I years remember. ahead of time. And I just sat down and wrote the ending because I knew. And and I think, you know, don't, you know, don't fight against what works for you and what's natural. Like, if it works to have it in your head and just spill it out as you need it, do that. Don't outline. That's like, it's like, I don't know, like if you were a great distance runner, but you could only do it backwards, but you were the greatest distance <laughs> runner in the world, but you can only run backwards. It's like, why would you ever run forward? I feel like that is the perfect description of my writing. She's a great distance runner, but she, she can, can only, only run, run backwards. backwards. She crashes into a lot of things. <laughs> and she can't see 3D. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter because you can't see what's in front of you anyway if you're running backwards. So it completely saddest race ever. <laughs> it completely removes the vision obstacle. Wow! Oh my god! I'm gonna get so much hate mail. <laughs> anyway, no, that, that that's what I would say. Like, don't worry about the outlining because it's it's just distracting you and it's you're you're trying to fit a round peg into a square hole, you know? Yeah. I mean, cuz it's it's not how your how your brain works. It's not how my brain works. Like yeah. my brain, you know, has been trained over decades of obsessing about this crap to just remember all of it, you know? And it's the same with you. So use it. That's what I say. Thank you, Barry. It's not just a podcast, Aww. folks. It's a therapy session. <laughs> I do actually feel better. There you go. <laughs> wow. There you go. You know what? You know what? Got to end there because it just doesn't get any With better than that. All the love. All the love. All the love. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Libba, for Thank being our special guest. And uh, Morgan will be back next week. Don't worry, everybody. And uh, thank you all for listening. You can visit us online at writinginreallife.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. Subscribe to us in iTunes. Rate us in iTunes. We live for your ratings. We love your ratings. Show them the love. They're, that's right from Libba Bray, people. Come on. Don't disappoint Libba. You'll right. always be tens to me. There you go. It's a five-star system. You know I can't do math. That's true. She can't do math. Thank you all again. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.